Blast. Pound. Stab. Strap. Kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride music beam back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, in Ann Arbor, the sun is just setting. It's always good news when it's 6.30 and you can still... Indeed. ...not see your shadow by streetlight. Days are getting longer, and it looks like another... Major storm is about to hit the nation's capital yet again. They get to appreciate what we in the Midwest experience pretty much every winter. So far, not this winter for us, of yeah. course. Uh, we've Everything's gone south of here. It's the El Nino year, so that is responsible for sort of the shape of the storms and the direction that they will, in fact, uh, head. Uh, although there is one coming Wednesday, I know uh, the children in the public schools are anxiously awaiting reports that it might be uh, big enough to close school on Wednesday, but don't hold your breath, kids. Yeah, the first snow day of the year, maybe. Indeed, there hasn't been one yet. We've been lucky here in Michigan. It has been seasonably cool, but a uh, surprising amount of sunshine, uh, both uh, in early February and late January, and I always say that the weather in uh, Ann Arbor, this vital city that we live in, is, is really pretty reliable. The one little chunk you can never predict is that period between the end of February and St. Patty's Day. Yeah. That can vary quite a bit. Some years it goes right into uh, the preliminary aspects of spring, and other years you can have some of the coldest days of the winter. So... You well, as a know. lad growing up in Jackson, one of the biggest blizzards uh, of my childhood began on St. Patrick's Day. And we got a good couple of feet of snow that year. It would have been 73, 74. Yeah. Big, big snow. Before my time here in Michigan, but uh, certainly the 70s. As uh, uh, weather uh, data from the uh, 20th century demonstrates, the 60s and 70s were slightly below normal in terms of cooling quote-unquote. Um, I actually, by the way, have attributed some of that to leaded gasoline um, that oh, was phased out. Yeah. And uh, you never know. It is interesting that uh, there's been a, a, a meteorologist, uh, astrophysicist type that's uh, noticed a uh, decrease in the water vapor in the stratosphere that actually mitigated some aspects of uh, some of the warming last year. Hmm. But not as much as one would think. Uh, last year, despite all of the cool weather we had in the summer in the Midwest and the eastern uh, states, was still one of the warmest on record. And I know that Australia has been incredibly hot. Uh, the French Open was played in 100-degree weather just and recently. And drought, too. They've had uh, significant drought there. Terrible fires um, as a result of the heat and... Uh, Heard an interesting interview with uh, an elderly couple that survived 
their house didn't survive, but they survived a catastrophic wildfire that just literally consumed their uh, house in a matter of seconds. Well, the Super Bowl is over. More people are talking about the advertisements today than the ball game. Well, that's usually the case, yeah. but it, it <laughs> sounds like, and we don't watch it at all at my house. We watch DVDs, but uh, it sounds like the game was actually fairly entertaining. Yeah, I predicted it would be a great game. I My heart was with uh, New Orleans, so I'm glad they won. I figured that the Colts would uh, would prevail, but uh, there's always unexpected events that happen before the Super Bowl. And I think that the fact that Dwight Freeney and uh, Reggie Wayne getting hurt uh, during practice uh, just days before the Super Bowl were minor factors. But, of course, the the big play in the game was the onside kick to start the second half. That's uh, never been attempted in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's interesting, when you go down to New Orleans, you can take a riverboat. You can go out on the Mississippi, uh, right out of uh, one of the docks there in uh, New Orleans, get on one of those old-fashioned paddle boats. In fact, one time when I was down for Blues and Jazz Fest, I uh, I stumbled into Ed Bradley, <laughs> uh, listening to a jazz show in a, uh, a concert venue that was in a boat on the river. Um. I know it was Ed Bradley because of the earring. <laughs> of course, and, he was an old uh, buddy of Hunter Thompson's, so yeah. I'm sure uh, Ed had had a few. And Hunter S. Thompson may have been in the corner slumped over somewhere. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I was <laughs> pretty buzzed myself, uh, if truth be told. But uh, Well, let's face it. New Orleans is one of this country's, even this hemisphere's, uh, most historic and cultured cities. Yeah. And it's... I know, ultimately, some will say that these things, such as championships, don't really mean that much uh, to an economically battered town or catastrophically battered as Katrina, so severely damaged that city. But it really is a major psychological boost for those who live there. Yeah, and of course, it will be a major uh, boost in alcohol sales because Mardi Gras (laughs) just uh, next week. Next week, so my prediction is New Orleans is going to be a... uh, shall we say, a party festival for uh, a week solid. <laughs> I don't think the party is going to stop. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, the idea that this is going to turn New Orleans around is kind of silly. But uh, Right, that's unlikely to happen. But uh, it's, it's always good to see. I think it was the karma. I think it was the public, you know, the onside kick is a very um, unreliable play. I, I, I don't know what the math odds are. I think it's somewhere between 25 and 33%. If the Colts recover that kick, New Orleans probably doesn't win the game. So it was a it was a riverboat gamble, which was my point about the riverboats in New Orleans, and it uh, it paid off. And uh, New Orleans clearly outplayed the Colts in the second half, and there were obviously a couple of key plays to the game. But it was an exciting Super Bowl, and indeed, it was the most watched Super Bowl in twenty three years. So uh, well, you know, I want to comment despite quickly. not having major markets like Los Angeles or Chicago or New right. York involved, um, the public took an interest for some reason, probably because of the quarterback uh, quarterback matchup between these mm-hmm. two uh, uh, stars, Hall of Famers, uh, due to their passing records, the MVPs that they've won over the years. And I predicted last week that it would be a great game because football has changed to an offensive game, and these were the two best offensive teams in football. And it was maybe uh, 
poetic justice that they met in the Super Bowl. And it was the first time the two number one seeds had met in quite a number of years. So the stars were somehow aligned, and New Orleans prevailed. And yeah. I think it was, there was a subconscious uh, American... Collective will. Collective will rooting for the uh, Saints. I just want to comment quickly, too, that uh, a lot of the people talking on the sports radio stations today and in the press are sort of shrugging their shoulders and saying, why was the who there? Um, (laughs) And, you know, you look at the lineup of the musical entertainment over the last couple of years, and we've had the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney's played a Super Bowl and Prince. Prince (laughs) and uh, Bruce Springsteen and a lot of big names. And some are saying, well, the who haven't had a hit in you know, decades, and they're 65 or whatever. Um, there's also uh, a time where you sort of honor artists who yeah. are still around after all these years. Let's face it, there are some flavor of the month uh, halftime Super Bowl shows that have gone down, uh, you know, nobody remembers except for the famous nipple incident. Right. Uh, but, you know, who remembers? What did Justin Timberlake perform? Who knows? At this, and who cares? Exactly. Um, so He's you might no not be into The Who, and it's true that The Who haven't had a hit in 25 years or so, but uh, they are one of the great bands from the 60s, 70s, an era that, as years go by, you look at record sales of who are the biggest selling musical acts of all time, there are a handful of musical acts today that will probably, over time, you know, reach these numbers and, and enter these lists. But bands like, you know, the 60s bands are going to continue to be cultural heavyweights long after all these guys are dead. Yeah, and, uh, the, who, and the Who are, it, just objectively speaking, are one of the top five bands of all time, period. Yeah, great I mean, live band. Okay, they're not quite the Beatles, but if you look at their body of work, the content of their albums... The quality of their albums. Yeah. Pete Townsend is unquestionably a genius. Um, he's responsible for most of the actual music composership. Tommy is a is a very entertaining movie. Uh, the kids are all right or even entertaining. Yeah. And uh, maybe the only thing that disappointed me was I, I wish Pete Townsend had smashed his guitar. <laughs> that was something that Jimi Hendrix and Pete Townsend sort of uh, invented as a... Uh, <laughs> rock and roll act <laughs> back in the in the in the mid 60s uh, became sort of a phenomenon and uh, having seen the who live uh once quite a number of years ago in fact uh in the silverdome yeah less saw them there myself with uh a very forgettable warm-up act that i won't mention <laughs> had some connections to a, a local drummer that is no longer with us but uh <laughs> They rock and roll, man, and the essence of the Who is still there. And John Entwistle, uh, who has passed, is one of the great bass players of all time. All you, you got to do is listen to their body of work, yep. and it stands up. Well, it's in, not as great as the Beatles. It's probably a little bit below the Stones, but it's in the top five yeah. of all well, time in it, my book. In Europe, they honor their artists when they reach the sort of senior years. Yeah. And in America, we want what's young, what's fresh. And at the moment, what's young and what's fresh isn't all that good. Yeah. Certainly not for mainstream tastes. Obviously, there are, and I don't want to anger listeners who listen to the fine musical programming on this station, there are a lot of great young new bands, but nothing that's sort of 
mainstream middle of the road that's going to have broad appeal to a huge demographic that, you know, you look at the numbers of people who watch the Super Bowl, it's people from their teens all the way up to their 60s and 70s. So the who was a good choice. It was a great choice. And another thing that I just wanted to throw in while we mentioned the Stones and the Beatles, it's also interesting that they have that iconic image, you know, the, the target. Yeah. It's like the Apple, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Beatles. It's like... You know, which ended up being in a big lawsuit with the famous computer company. It's like the tongue. The lips and tongue of the stones. Of the stones. That is an iconic rock image that uh, will live for all time. And uh, I've heard a lot of know-nothing commentators today say the Who were terrible. And I was like, I don't think so, dude. (laughs) You just don't remember how great their music was. And maybe you need to rediscover it. I would listen to some of their great albums from the 60s and early 70s because they they stack up to the all-time greats. Yep. End of story. Well, speaking of end of stories, (laughs) Sarah Palin had a bad week. Oh, boy. It's it's hard to know where to begin with her. Um, We have the revelations that she bought uh, 6,300 books of wholesale her, of her own of her own and then distributed them as part of a fund uh, an additional fundraising effort uh, in which she s- signs copies for an extra 25 bucks or something who knows what it is the big brouhaha about the word retard which uh, Rush Limbaugh of course uh, turned on her but she's so daft uh, to use a british word <laughs> that the who probably would appreciate uh it's synonymous with uh, the word retard, but I think it's be- a better word. Daft. Well, the- mental retardation is, of course, a medical condition. It's yeah. a brain development issue. It's it's not a reflection of a person's intelligence. And everybody you know, from grade school knows that you don't use that word as an insult. So- yeah, it's a pejorative. Right. But it's not quite as offensive as para- uh, Sarah Palin, who maybe should be called para- Sailing. <laughs> She's into the paranormal. Um, you know, demands that Rahm Emanuel be fired for using the word in a private conversation to House Democrats and then ignores Rush Limbaugh's tirades in which he uses the words over and over yeah. and over, including the uh, essence of his attack that it was political correctness to get all upset about the word. So it's sort of a backhanded attack at Sarah Palin, but she's too daft to understand that. Um, unfortunately, she addressed the teabaggers, which can only be characterized as a money hose bag, addressing teabaggers. And then there's, there's the crib notes. We now know how she got through school, and we now understand the hand motions. She's probably looking at the notes that are between her fingers. and on the- it written on my wrist. Oh, that's on my arm. Uh, hang on. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is incredible. This is what kids that I knew in high school uh, did when they cheated on tests and quizzes. They would write down the formulas between their fingers and on their hands. It's the oldest trick in the book. We now know how Sarah Palin apparently got through college. And, uh, gee, when you have to write down tax cuts. (laughs) It's like a major talking point. And, you know, keep America hopeful. Because uh, you can't remember, or energy, uh, that was another word apparently <laughs> on her hands. 
amazing. It's absolutely flabbergasting. Uh, and then to, of course, attack Obama on national security and suggest that Obama start a war with Iran to keep America safe while ignoring the tax increases that that would involve, never mind the international catastrophe and the probably devastating impact that it would have on the American economy with respect to oil prices, never mind the feasibility of it. Uh, Sarah, uh, Iran's the size of Alaska. It's got 77 million people. And believe it or not, they actually have a higher percentage of literacy and Internet use than the United States. I don't know what uh, this woman needs, uh, something. I don't know whether it's uh, medication, <laughs> um, but she just gets a brain damage for the entire week. Not a good week for her. Well, the the good news is is that it's it, it really it's a bad reflection for the teabaggers who, of course, are beginning to split amongst themselves, as you know we predicted from pretty much the get go. Um, and by the way, I encourage all listeners to use the phrase "tea baggers" rather than "tea party," because uh, it's a lot more accurate. And uh, their attempt to snag a sort of choice image from the early days of uh, the American Revolution is is misleading beyond belief. Well, yeah, tea bags didn't exist; they were actually invented in the 19th century. People made tea, but uh, they made it from bulk. And of course, they originally called themselves teabaggers, but then backed away knowing that there's a sexual euphemism at play there. But we on Gray Matters will continue to call them teabaggers for teabaggers they be. And uh, the big brouhaha over the Nashville uh, teabaggers gathering uh, is the fact that the price was so high. There's a lot of complaints about that from other more hardcore teabaggers. Uh, $549 to register. And an additional $349 for the privilege to hear Sarah Palin speak. Boy, that's getting your money's worth right there. <laughs> um, some interesting uh, cracks appear in the facade of this right-wing resurgence that um, may uh, hold as many problems for Republicans as they hope it will portend for uh, Democrats. In fact, an interesting moment here in an article by Edward Luce in the uh, Financial Times of last Wednesday. Um, what's the uh, guy's name here? Miss Bachman, uh, Michelle Bachman, a Republican congresswoman who pulled out of the Nashville gathering, uh, chuckled when the uh, writer from the Financial Times asked her about the Monty Python film Life of Brian in which uh, members of the People's Front of Judea are offended when they are mistaken for the Judean People's Front. Of course, this is a favorite film here on Gray Matters. And uh, she laughs and says, uh, yes, it can be confusing. We should stick to what unites us. If people start bashing immigrants or gays, we'll split. First of all, I doubt if very many teabaggers have seen The Life of Brian, uh, but, of course, what she's referring to here is the tendency for this right wing to split amongst itself along those who are essentially libertarian types who believe in small government and have no problem with abortion or gays in the military and what we might call cultural nativists, mm -hmm. the sort of Yahoo contingent who are into the abortion and the gay bashing and uh, anti-immigration thing and those are the two factions that are cheek by jowl 
in the teabagger movement. Yeah, and of course, these Nazi uh, swastikas that have appeared at these rallies are troubling. Uh, they haven't been denounced. It's interesting mm-hmm. that uh, both Bachman and uh, Congresswoman Blackburn were forced to withdraw, probably by the RNC, because they realized that this movement, and it uh, is a movement that's turning into a party that's actually a business, soon to become an institution. One wonders when they will start endowing chairs at our esteemed universities around the country. Uh, Perhaps a school of teabag studies. (laughs) There's a tendency for the teabaggers to, in fact, they're running uh, this guy, uh, what's his name here, Uh, Marco Rubio. Yes. A tea uh, bagger backed Republican who's trying to derail uh, Governor Charlie Crist of Florida, who's on the uh, the no good Nick list because he actually hugged Barack Obama when Obama came down there to distribute money from the stimulus package, which I'm sure Floridians were happy to receive. Um, and uh, Crist is being denounced by the right as a rhino. That is a Republican in name only. Ha, 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 no H in that uh, initials there. Um, I wonder, again, a cultural point here that I'm sure they're uh, not aware of. If these people knew about Eugene Ionesco's play, Rhinoceros, in which people are transformed into rhinoceri, uh, a pretty stark metaphor for the encroaching fascism mm-hmm. and uh, aspects of this teabagger movement, as you point out with the swastikas, which have yet to be denounced. The Hitler mustachioed Obama pictures. Yeah, well, I mean, and, just and the ludicrous, out, outright racist uh, uh, facsimiles of Obama's image uh, are very troubling. In addition, it's interesting, and we should hasten to add that the rhinoceros itself, as a mammal, is endangered mm. um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I think some experts are predicting that they will unfortunately maybe be per- extinct uh, within 100 years. They're one of those large mammals that's suffering uh, grievously because of the loss of habitat. Uh, human Shifts in climate affecting food chain. The whole kibit and caboodle. Um, and, of course, climate change is one of their pet issues. <laughs> they don't there, think there's there, any climate. There ain't no such thing. It's cold out. It's cold and, yeah, the snow in Washington proves that there's no global warming. <laughs> Whatever. Um, of course, you know, the uh, there is an element of this of this gay bashing, and it's, uh, we'll give John McCain a brain damage award. Uh, he's turned out, of course, he's actually worried about a teabagger himself. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> J.D. Yeah. Hayworth, a former congressman, is challenging him in the Republican uh, primary there in Arizona, and he has seems to have flipped on his head a couple of years ago on this issue of uh, don't ask, don't tell policy revision. He said, well, let the military decide. And when the military does decide, he's outraged and demands that there be more study and has not explained why the dismissal of uh, gay members of the military who are experts, for instance, in Arabic and Farsi, uh, regarding our kind wars. of a useful skill, useful skill have been dismissed. I think the actual number there is sixty-eight, but there's something like ten thousand uh, military personnel that have been dismissed. And 
I think it's quite clear that the Roman Empire would never have prevailed without gays in the military. <laughs> They've been there for quite some time. Indeed, like John. forever. <laughs> um, we need not go there. But Well, the old cliche that there's no atheist in a foxhole is there's probably no homophobe in a foxhole either. No, and uh, Barry Goldwater, as he put it well, towards the end of his career... I don't care whether they're straight or gay. I just care whether they can shoot straight. Right. And uh, that metaphor and euphemism and witticism, shoot straight. Maybe we need a little more straight shooting here in the United States over all sorts of things. Richard Shelby of the law firm Shelby Corker and McConnell is uh, back in the news Obama announces uh, spending cuts. Shelby, of course, is upset. He talks about cutting the deficit, all this irresponsible government spending, but, of course, when it turns out there's a defense contractor in his state, he is now holding up 70 nominees as a result of this decision that Obama has made. Total hypocrisy. So much for fiscal responsibility. And, of course, it's interesting because of the decision to abandon the manned mission to the moon, which I think is a complete waste of money at this point. Indeed. Uh, Alabama's upset. Uh, that's going to cost them jobs. So when you hear about government spending being cut, and it's not being cut that much, there's some very good uh, straight shooting, once again, <laughs> of the actual budget numbers. Um, they're not, they're, they're, they're in, the, the biggest beneficiary of the Obama's proposed budget, which starts in October, October 1st, is the Department of Veterans Affairs, 7.3%. Now, why would be, why would be, we be increasing money for the Department of Veterans Affairs? Gee, it's yeah. called the Iraq War. <laughs> A lot of maimed and the uh, Afghanistan seriously injured War. guys. Obama proposes a 6.2% increase in education. Well, golly. It sounds well, like a good idea to me. Indeed. <laughs> Right-wingers, though, are uh, notoriously against education spending. Now, where does Obama cut the budget? He cuts the budget in Interior Department, minor, Labor, the Department of Labor, which enforces uh, equal opportunity laws, et cetera, et cetera. HUD, almost a 5% cut. The Department of Agriculture gets a 6% cut. That's food subsidies. The Department of Justice uh, takes an amazing hit of almost 13%. And the Department of Commerce <laughs> takes a big hit. Uh, they're actually being cut $5 billion total, and it represents a 36% decrease. These are just simply the budget priorities that they're uh, undertaking. Uh, the source for this, by the way, is the Wall Street Journal uh, from uh, Wednesday's edition of uh, this past week. Uh, perfectly reasonable. And then yeah, course, there's nothing shocking there. Nothing shocking. And the Defense Department, by the way, gets a 2.1% uh, increase. As I pointed out last week, uh, these quote-unquote deficits that B Obama has created are nothing of the sort. Uh, the fiscal year last year that Obama inherited were the result of the Bush tax cut 
uh, cuts that have gone into uh, went into effect uh, qu- quite a number of years ago, uh, in which a majority of the Senate voted on them. There was no sixty vote requirement mm-hmm. for the Bush tax cuts that have structurally created these deficits. In addition, of course, to the unfunded mandates, they put the Afghan and Iraq wars on the budget, not somewhere in the pretend make-believe land of outer space, (laughs) off-budget. It doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. It's it's over there. It's It's not on the page. (laughs) I mean, this sort of tomfoolery has been going on far too long in uh, Washington, D.C. And, of course, uh, the interesting thing is uh, the Obama administration put $10 billion on the budget to pay for tornadoes, hurricanes, and floods because the Bush administration assumed that there wouldn't be any in the United States of America in the year 2009. Well, that's uh, wishful thinking. For the record, by the way, the net interest on the debt to give you an idea, is $250 billion. Just to do some quick math on that, that is more than the Department of Transportation, Homeland Security, Interior, Labor, HUD, Agriculture, Justice, Commerce Departments all combined. (laughs) That's if we just eliminated all the spending in all of those departments. That's the use of the American credit card. I, I just, where have these people on the deficit been for the last 30 years? AWOL. They've been with partying with Sarah Palin, who is, I, I, at this point, just have to say this, a couple of moose sandwiches short of a picnic. <laughs> and, you know, these, uh, going back to this photo here at the uh, teabagger convention in Nashville, they've got these bags T-E-A, taxed enough already. <clears throat> you know, I, one of my all-time favorite quotes is uh, Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, who said famously, I don't mind paying taxes. It's how I buy civilization. Yes. And those are very, very profound words. Indeed, sometimes it might feel like you pay too much taxes, but what you need to do is stop and think and look at how are the tax dollars that you, as an income you know, earner or a property owner or what have you, how they're used by the government? And the obscene uh, amount of money that's spent in military spending here uh, is too much. It's I agree with that. Too much. I don't think that we pay too much taxes. I just think that they're not adequately distributed and properly applied. And, in fact, there's probably plenty of uh, people in the country uh, now that corporations are going to be allowed to be recognized as people, particularly who don't pay enough taxes. I mean, that's what the Bush tax cuts were all about, was letting some people off the hook and uh, getting a free ride when it comes to government spending. Uh, socialism does exist in this country for corporations, and people have been so brainwashed and conditioned against it that something like uh, the health care pa- plan or anything like a uh, government-sponsored uh, health care plan like Canada has is denounced as some form of creeping communism. Uh, it's it's just ludicrous. Yeah, and there was an amazing, amazing poll that uh, showed within the Republican Party that 64% of them think Obama is a socialist. 
forty percent of them don't think he was born in America. I mean, they're startling numbers. They're they're shocking numbers that people buy in. Yeah. To well, the mythologies that and the and the lies that are just per- perpetuated in the media. It's interesting, of course, that one of the main purveyors of this uh, nonsense is the Fox News Corporation or the News Corporation, a foreign-owned corporation. Yeah. Well, of course, after uh, his death.